you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague and friend, Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. We're going to break down the rest of the Eastern Conference if you missed it, part one was on Tuesday. You can find that in the podcast feed. We broke down all sorts of teams. We're here with you for the rest of the Eastern Conference today. We'll go through these. This is a, as a reminder, we don't have the win totals out yet. This is our expectations on what the win totals will be when they hit the market and how you should react to them. Enjoy. Let's talk about another team at the top, which is the Milwaukee Bucks, who they had a Average line of 54 and only 151. That hurt. They went under. Uh, Chris Middle, Brooke Lopez goes down, second game of the season. Chris Middleton goes down shortly thereafter. Drew Holiday missed time. Giannis had to do a lot. Uh, they missed all sorts of guys. Dante DiVincenzo with the injury coming back looked terrible. Uh, they do all this kind of stuff. And so they, they wind up at the end. They wind up under at 51, but they still go, go over 50 wins. Um, I have them. I think you have to put them close to last year. So I have them at 53 and a half is my number. Yeah, I have 52 and a half. I think it's right about in that range. I want, as a better, I want the number to be a little lower because I want, I want to want an over here. Yep. Brooke Lopez's absence for basically, he basically missed the regular season. Like he, he was a non-factor for the regular season. Milwaukee finished average at, on league defense. Like they were 14th on defensive rating at basketball reference. I think that like I I had Milwaukee's over last year and they didn't hit it in my opinion, not because they missed the games from Chris and Drew and Giannis. Like that's going to happen. That's how the the, the normal NBA works. Now they missed because of Brooke, I think, and getting Brooke back, even, even at his age and health history and whatever to, to push that defense back up to like fifth or seventh or third, somewhere in that range, I think pushes this team to toward like a 55 ish win team but 52 and a half for the line is kind of right in the middle of my range and basically would make it a stay away from me last year for them being uh one of our over bets and going under honestly just I, i'm going i'm doubling down i'm gonna bet the over like unless yeah. they put this at 56 and a half 57 which they won't because they didn't get no they didn't high. sign anybody right so there's gonna be value on the over bud and the honest consistently like yeah drew and chris won't have played in the olympics right, right. 
So they have a longer off season since they got knocked out in the second round. So they didn't go into to May, late May, June. So they have a little bit more extra time, a couple extra weeks. So a lot of reasons, I think, to be on the over. Like the Marjan Beauchamp addition, I think he'll play this year. Don't love them re-signing Serge Ibaka, but in general, this team is still, I mean, it's Giannis, Chris, Drew, and Bud. This team's going to win games. Let's go to, oh, those New York Knicks. Those New York Knicks. That number comes out, and it's at, it, it, it popped initially at 40 and a half, and it got bet to 41 and a half. And we were like, the Knicks were a good team last season. All they got to do is be over 500. All they got to do is, and I'll tell you, Brandon, quite honestly, I think the books got saved. I think the books hung a bad number and Julius Randall's drop off, I think, saved them. Like if Julius Randall just was like not as bad that they still go probably over on this because the Knicks do finish with 37 wins, right? They're only five off of, off of the over at that number. Not a good team for sure, but we weren't saying they were going to be a good team. We were saying they were going to be just like a little, like over 500. Uh, now, however, I think with where the team is at, Jalen Brunson comes in. Ooh, I got to consider this. So I dropped them. Okay. I dropped them down to like last year's win total, essentially at, um, or their actual, their actual win total. They were at 37. Yeah. Um, I put them at 37 and a half. But I'm realizing that that's going to be wrong because of the Brunson thing. Do we no. think that they want help me out here? So I'm going to go ahead and, and say that I don't have a good number on this with Brunson. What do you think that we put this number at for a very public team? Right. That's so that's where I struggled is like, okay, you got to have the New York tax here. We know the New York tax, the, the Knicks and the Lakers. You always have to add a couple wins in there because they know that the over money is coming in. And if you can set the line higher and you're getting the over money anyway, you have to do it. I literally, I just changed on my spreadsheet. I went down a win and I'm still at 41 and a half. Okay. I think the Knicks are a team that people are going to want to bet the over on. I don't like the Knicks. I want to bet the over on them. Jalen Brunson is going to be, I think, overhyped as an addition to the team, but also a real stabilizer to the offense, an offense that hasn't been good under Tibbs. And, and even just getting to average would be a big step. I think he's a stabilizer because it means you don't have to rely so much on Julius Randle. And when there are those bad Julius games, which they're going to be, when he just can't hit that 20 foot step back anymore, you have Brunson to kind of run things through him a little more. I like the the depth again, too, that, you know, we've seen a not to read much in the summer league, but some of these guys, Quentin Grimes and some of the others, they look ready to step in in the, the Knicks bench unit has been really good. Isaiah Hartenstein, I think, is going to be as significant as an addition as Brunson, really. And to me, where the Knicks went wrong last year wasn't necessarily that Randall was terrible. He certainly dropped off. But I think it was that the defense fell from what it had been the year before, too. But bringing Mitch back and getting Hartenstein in there, I think the defense will be good. I think that the bench will be good. Brunson stabilizes. They're a Tibbs team. We know Tibbs and overs and trying hard. Brunson's going to average like 57 minutes a game. Somehow they're going to tank and play extra overtimes, just increases minutes per game. 41 and a half is my number because I kept pushing it like 40, 40 and a half, 41, 42. And every time I want to still take the over and I don't even like the team that much. So I, I think, I think your 37 is way too low. I think they're going to get hammered with over money. If, if they put it that low, Yeah. How, how much, how high did I talk you into pushing it up? 43 and a half. Oh, that's a big jump. 
Yeah, I can, I can like, I just think my number was wrong. I just think I was like, I was projecting because I will say it depends on the, again, it depends on the book here. Sure. There are books that are just going to be like, this team is not good. We'll, We'll hang a low number. That's fine. Like, that's fine. Like they want, because they'll want the over. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, you're like, they want equal size. They, they're not true. Like, especially with win totals, I'll say this. Um, oftentimes they are looking to take it. Like they will take positions. And so the books are, I think, definitely taking a position. I would expect the book to take a position because last year they did this. The books last year were like, we'll take, we'll take it. Now we know 500. Yeah. Go New York, go New York, go. We'll take it. We'll take all your over money. And that must've been a very nice hit for them. I think they I think it's possible they do that again. Um, I, however, if, if, if we bump them up to where you kind of have them, I'm going to be on the under. I don't think this team is going to be good at all. I think this team is bad. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're mediocre. I think they are squarely in the play in race. I think they are too high of a floor to fall out of the play in race, but not high enough of a ceiling to get out of it on the high end either. If Brunson oh. makes the leap that they're betting on, I'm willing to be wrong on it. I'm not going to like make this. I'm not going to bet it first thing. I want to wait till one of the things that this is a good example of it. No matter where the number comes in, don't bet this one early. Wait till training camp in training camp. You'll start to hear like, man, Jalen looks like the best guy in the gym. Like man, Jalen, look, we've really got something. You'll start to hear that. Or you'll be like, yeah, you know, it's going to take some time. Wait for that Intel and then go in on it. And we'll have that over at action. I, I'm going to disagree with you. I, if you want an over here, and with my number of 41 and a half, I want the over. It's one of my better overs on the board. If you want an over, you have to bet it because. Oh, okay. I, I, I missed in that, in that, that you want an over. Um, yeah. If you want over, you got to bet the line because the, the next line is only going to move up, right? Do you agree that the, the money is only going to come in and push the line up on the next? So if you want maybe. the over, you got to take it when it first drops. I'll tell you, I, I, I don't necessarily agree. We'll have to see because I don't. I don't think Knicks fans are super excited about this team. But counterpoint, they're Knicks fans. No, but that's the thing. Get there. (laughs) I will say this. The Knicks are not the Lakers. Everyone buys into the Lakers and pushes them up. The Knicks are not the same. Knicks fans have like pay attention and like, don't just be like, oh, it's going to be awesome. We have Malik Monk. He's going to be in THT. He's going to be an all NBA player. They Knicks fans are like, this team sucks. So um, let's do the magic. Which whew, snuck it under on this one. Uh, it was 22 and a half was the line across the board, 22 and a half. And they finished with 22. So just snuck this one out. I need to go back and look and see what the over under win total jumps year over year for the team that gets the number one pick. Like I, I would need to see like where that goes. Um, I didn't do that before we did this podcast. And so I only have them being bumped. It's a small market team. So I only have them being bumped up to 24 and a half. I think there's still an expectation that the magic are terrible. So I have a 24 and a half. What do you think? I have a 21 and a half. Maybe that's too low, but it's just, it's to me, it's the it's worst team in the East. Uh, the, they the, have, the lowest, the lowest last year was 22 and a half and it was 22 and a half. You can't think that, that this team or any team this year is going to be worse than what we expected the worst teams last year. Right. Yeah, perhaps not. I mean, I, I will get to Houston the next podcast. I will have Houston very low. I think they are worse, but again, it's, it's a young team that's going to be running everything through a young player. Paulo has looked awesome in summer league, but Paulo has also made a ton of mistakes, had a lot of turnovers and Orlando was the worst offense in the league last year. What? And what, what are you what? asking? What Paolo? What are you talking about? Paolo? 
He had like seven turnovers. In one oh, of the my, games. oh, my dude. Oh, let me just tell you, every single person in the gym, every single person, NBA executive, NBA scout, media, I'm, my, dude, I'm telling you, and having watched him, nobody was more impressive than Paolo in person. No, like, absolutely. Like he, he looked fantastic. He, he absolutely looked like what he's, he looked like what you want a number one pick to look like. He's going to be very good. I have said that all the while along, but running your offense through him, like they're going to do through a 19 year old big man, it's going to take its lumps. It's going to be problematic along the way. And they were the worst offense in the league last year. They only finished as high as they did because they were around league average on defense. And I think they will be a little worse probably on that end this year. So it's probably a stay away. If the number is as low as I had it, then my numbers push it towards an over, but it's not a team I don't want to bet on because inevitably it's a team that's going to be in position to try to get one of the top picks in the draft yet again. So I, I don't know how Orlando finishes anything outside of the, the bottom three in the East. I don't see any path for it really. Uh, I will bet the over on this immediately. Okay. I love this team. I really like this team. So I think one way to kind of consider this is uh, net adjusted rating over at dunks and threes, right? So we adjust for schedule 27th, right? 27th. And you're like, good fourth worst. That's actually significant that this team was actively trying to tank the entire year. And Orlando still had enough talent to where they couldn't be that horrible. 29th on offense. So they were 29th when they when for adjusted. Um, I loved what I saw from, from WCJ. Markel Fultz missed essentially the entire year with injury. Cole Anthony was out basically the entire year with injury. They had no guards, which is a problem. Uh, Paolo is such a big talent infusion. I genuinely think this team can win 26, 27, 28 games. So I'm, I'm going to like the over on them. The number is going to be low and I'm going to like the over. So I have to push back then because you got Detroit winning like upper twenties. You got Orlando winning upper twenties. Like, do you, you have every team in the East winning like 27 or more games. Somebody has to be bad out here. Who's going to be bad. Uh, It's probably going to be a team like Washington who we'll get to in a second. I think it's probably going to be a team that, that just falls, the bottom falls out on them. Um, Brooklyn, I think is a, is a possibility. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, even though I think that we argue about where the numbers should be, but I think like Brooklyn could absolutely just like, brah. Yeah. Um, you could have a team. I think I honestly think Indiana might be one of the worst teams. Like, I, cause I don't think Tyrese Halliburton's Chris Paul. Um, so I, I think they're in that running. I actually think most of the, the really bad teams might be in the West. Um, if you ask, I like, but, and, uh, and also I'll just tell you, um, these are early ideas, right? I'll probably come back, come down a little bit. You know, you want to be, you want to, you want to lean towards unders. It's not like the NFL where it's always rigged towards the, the over. Uh, but I will just, I, I think for me, it's about, even if I'm wrong, I think this number is going to be South of 25. I think they can win 25 games. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're seeing a, a lot better parody. Part of it, Brandon is, I don't know. There's not a lot of super teams. Like we saw this kind of last year where like the parody is, is kind of squeezing things. Like think yeah. about this. Think about where Orlando was at, the talent that they had. Like their number one draft pick was not good. Like Jalen Suggs was not good last year. They finished, terrible. they finished a half. And Mark Fultz was out the whole year. They finished 0.5 behind the win total. So it's like, yeah. it, it, and I think, I think this one may come in again at 22 and a half, even with um, Paolo. 
maybe a, like a, a win higher, but it, let me put it this way. If it's like 25 and a half, I'm not going to go over. Yeah. But for me, just these teams that are the, the Detroit's, the Orlando's of the world, the teams that we expect to finish somewhere in the twenties, I just, as a better, I can't talk myself into an over for a team that suddenly we're on the last two weeks of the we'll season. Try and lose. And I, I, I need I two you. wins. I just need I two wins to get you. over the line. So for me, if it's a bad team, that's why I would take an Indiana over because I would consider it because I think there's enough upside that if things go well for them, they go way over. I don't think Orlando or Detroit go way over. I don't think there's any world where they go way over a number. And I don't want to be pushing for that last win or two with my money on the line 10 I'll months just, from now. I, I will tell you, I will ask, and this is not like a, a challenge because there are teams I didn't watch much last year. I didn't watch much Houston. Like I have to do a ton of, of film work on Houston. How much Orlando did you watch last year? Uh, not a ton. No. So that's definitely, what, so, definitely low on the list. So that's one of the reasons I actually watched a lot of Orlando and I was like, there's something here, especially <laughs> I think Wendell Carter Jr. is like a gem, which I hated him yeah. in Chicago. I really think that with Paolo and WCJ, they're going to have lineups. And with if Suggs just Suggs kind of started to get it later in the year, Suggs makes a little bit of a jump. You got Markel Fultz if he's able to come back and actually be a point guard. Cole Anthony, like Cole Anthony's, like he does stuff. Yeah. Like there's production. Like I said, it's, it's, I get it's it. Just it's not a team. It's not ever going to be a team that I like because my my main rule of thumb to dislike a team is young handlers. And that's the whole team is inexperienced. It's Paolo. It's Jalen Suggs. I like both of them a lot. Just not yet. Suggs probably was the worst starter in the league last year. That's fine. He's a rookie. He'll get better for sure, but it was really bad. Cole Anthony is not a good player yet. Markel Fultz. If he plays more, I think that's bad. Markel Fultz is not a good basketball player and that's it. That's all the guys handling for them and doing stuff. Maybe to me, the way I could be way wrong on this is if Jonathan Isaac magically is healthy and back to like defensive player of the year candidacy again, then this team could be really good and interesting. We Without that is just we're, we're a year or two away from me. We got to do a side bet on this one. We'll set that up okay. later before. Uh, and then uh, I just want to breeze through this. The Toronto Raptors, we don't know if they're going to trade for Kevin Durant. This one's almost impossible to try and figure out. Uh, the line was 35.8 last year, around 36 wins. They won 48. Uh, I'm low on them, so I don't even want to say the number I have them at. I probably need to put them at like, <laughs> I guess I need to put them at like 49 and a half. I'm not going to bet yeah. against it. I don't, it's it's tough because the, the the idea of bias would mean that like I have an emotional connection. I just don't think they're that good. I just do not think that they are that good of a team. I do not understand why OG Ananobi is like a big get. He's fine. Like he's a good defender. I don't understand the idea that he's like a centerpiece of a Kevin Durant trade uh, projection, by the way, was 46.6 on the Pythagorean. So they outperformed expectations, which vibes with kind of like when you watch them, um, they had injuries. Everybody had injuries last year. I- I'm not excited to bet on this team. I don't want any part of it. I will respect them and leave them alone. What's your number that you have on them? Yeah, I'm in a similar spot. I put them up 48 and a half. I think that I will be tempted by the under here. I know you might be surprised by that because you think that I'm very high on Toronto, but you're right that Toronto basically kind of performed as well as they could have last year in that these guys, like they had like five guys who could play and they all played 46 minutes a game down the stretch like that. It's all they had. And 
Like they are a, a prime team of they're going to get less minutes from their best guys this year. They almost have to compared to last year in a way, almost like the way the Knicks kind of fell off last year with losing some of their minutes to key guys. It just, it can't be that pristine again. So I think it's a really fun team, but it feels like, it feels like Toronto is kind of one of those four to eight seed range ish teams that I tend to, to just like poop all over on that. I, I hate the teams that are stuck in the middle, but Toronto is a fun version of it and they're unique and they're different, but I, I think they're kind of stuck in the middle. The problem with the number is you got to tax in the, the possibility that KD comes if you put the line out right now. So if I knew KD wasn't coming, I'd go a little lower than 48 and a half. I think I'd do like 47, 47 and a half, but I'm taxing a little bit in case Durant comes. It's probably just a stay away from me either way. If they get KD, it's going to be like 54 and a half. Yeah, and it'll go up for sure. I don't want any any of this. Uh, we skipped one, by the way. Um, sorry about that. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who you may have heard is a basketball team in Philadelphia. Uh, last year's expected, the line was 50 and a half. Uh, they won 51. So there was a 51. They were one of those where uh, FanDuel had a 51 and a half on the market, which you could have hit the under. If you put the under, you cashed on. And there was 49 and a half over at Superbook, and you would have hit the over. So they were right within that range. Um, I'm expecting them to get a little bit. Uh, I'm expecting a higher mark for them because they were without Simmons the first half of the year. And even though Harden is Harden, like, just they did make some improvements i've got them at 52 and a half i i feel pretty good about this number i think 52 and a half is the right number for sixers that's exactly where i have it at 52 and a half and i feel good about the number but i also love the over on this if that's where the number is i i project them 52 to 60 wins this is exactly the sweet spot of a team that i like to bet the over on because i love love the moves they did this offseason you talked a lot about that last year Wait on Philadelphia. Wait till Daryl gets to do the Maury thing and bring in the guys he wants. BJ Tucker raising the floor. This defense being out there. D'Anthony Melton. I love him next to James Harden on this team. They brought in Daniel House, just like a, a perfectly good, capable 3D wing. Those are three like rotation ready. Plug it in and go, guys. I think the defense is going to be very good. They did not finish top ten offense or defense last year. I think they'll finish top 10 at both this year. You're adding a lot more games of Harden, who is going to be at least as good as he was last year and possibly better or a lot better if he decides to get healthy and come in shape. I like as a better that James Harden is betting on himself with the contract he's taking, basically taking like a one-year deal more or less to put himself out there and prove it and get a big paycheck next year. That's how I interpret what I'm hearing on the contract. Joel Embiid is very good and has proven himself. We still have Maxi. We still have Tobias or whatever they might get if they trade Tobias. I think it's a very good team. I think you're right at the line, 52 and a half. But if it is that number, this will be one of my three favorite overs on the board. I would caution you that Joel Embiid <laughs> is. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I know. I know. Because I never, ever, I, I've said all throughout last year, Philadelphia will just be a team I'll lose money on. I'll never bet, the, bet them. I don't know that I'm betting them on the title. I don't know that I want to bet on those two months of health at the end. But regular season, high floor defense, and possibly two stars. I know I still have to bet on Embiid and Harden being healthy enough along the way. Well, but it's, it's interesting. Maxi and Tobias are good enough to kind of stand in the gap to to cover ground if and when Harden and Embiid miss some games. It's interesting 
this, the, the, the difference between us because I already bet them to win the title at 16 to one. That was one of my, <laughs> I bet them immediately after the, the, the finals and uh, post on action, putting the app because I was like, Maury's going to reshape the roster. And he has, and we've already seen the line move down. Like I knew I was going to get EV for either a cash out or a hedge because I knew the Sixers were going to be better. I would bank higher on MB being around in May and June than I am going to be on him being around in January and February. Hmm. Like I don't want the win total because I don't think that they feel like they need to rack up a high win total. Um, I want the title futures because I feel like they'll be standing around in the end. I don't think they will be the last one standing, but they will be one of those teams that we're talking about uh, late in it. Here's my difference. And here's why I view it opposite than you. You're right. Maybe Joel Embiid is not healthy in January or in February. The difference is I have to have Joel Embiid healthy in May and June. And I have to have James Harden healthy in May and June. If he's not healthy in January, that's fine. I can win enough games without him. He'll be healthy in March and in April and November and December. Like there are a lot more regular season months for Embiid to miss a month. If he misses a week in the playoffs, it's done. My title odds are dead. Like they have to be healthy for that two month window, both of them and at their peak. And we've never seen it from Joel Embiid ever. And we've really not seen a great playoff run from Harden ever, ever for either one of these guys. So I can't bet on that because it has to happen during that two month window. Looking at, at where the NBA kind of stands big picture. It's really interesting to me. We have what I think for this Philly team is like a two year window of really peak title contender status we have the Lakers who are maybe a year or two. We have the Clippers who are a couple of years. Like there are a bunch of teams that went all in on this version of a team. I think whoever gets Durant is probably like a two-year window. Well, that's a lot of teams with a two-year window. The Warriors, the Warriors are a one or two years left window. Some of these teams like the Sixers, I think, are going to end up getting one shot at their two-year window because they're going to not be healthy for one of those. And now the whole thing you've done gives you one shot at a title, one title run. And I just, I can't trust it late, but I can trust it over six or seven months of defense and basketball. That's why I like the the win total, but not the title. Finally, the Washington Wizards, who had an expected line last year of 34 about the over, and they just snuck over it at 35 wins. He had 33 and a half in the the market at DraftKings. Um, That's where I bet it was 33 and a half. There were some 34 and a halves at, Points bet and FanDuel. So they sneak over that one just barely. It looked golden the first month of the season, and then everything <laughs> kind of fell apart. Uh, I think they got worse, Brandon. I've been, really? It's been weird the way that the, this has kind of been talked about. Um, what's the argument that they got better? Like, okay. Wh- give so me I, the- I, think, I do think they got better. I think they got okay. a lot better. So let me make that argument. Ooh, okay. All right. So first of all, Brad Beal is going to play. Bradley Beal basically was a non-contributor last year. I mean, we have to assume that he's going to play and he was not great in the minutes he did play last year. So he's going to be there. I was surprised. Christopher Porzingis numbers were pretty good for this Washington team. Once he came over, like he, he looks good. He kind of looks worth his contract right now. And we'll see. Maybe that was just, I get to be the star on a bad team that no one else is around and I get my numbers, but like the, the advanced metrics and the, the efficiency was good. I like that the guys they added, Will Barton and Monty Morris and DeLon, uh, what's his name? Right. DeLon Wright. I like the guys. Like, again, it's it's an Indiana sort of roster to me. The things I said there of like competent guys, 
competent NBA players. That is to me who Delon and Monty and Will Barton are. Cal Kuzma has become that. Um, the the young guys on the team, Kispert and Hachimura, Avdia. I don't like them a lot as like pieces Washington's going to build around, but they're competent. They're they're rotation guys. Washington has like ten rotation guys, and I think Washington, if Beal is healthy certainly is going to fancy themselves as a play-in team at worst. So I think they're going to try unless the bottom really falls out early. I just, I think Washington definitely got better than they were last year. Why do you think they got worse? The roster last year, you talk about all those guys. That was the argument for the over last year. And then they started getting rid of them. They moved Spencer Dinwiddie. They moved uh, Davis Bertans. They moved all these guys. They traded KCP and Ish Smith. For Will Barton and Monte Morris, I love Monte Morris. Love Monte. One of my favorite guys I've ever covered. Terrific guy. Love Will. Will's one of the most fun guys I've ever covered, too. I love, I, I think both those guys are good dudes. Will's drop-off has been significant. Like, Denver got an upgrade on KCP over Will. There's no yes. way, there's no really way to argue it. Backup point guard, like, I like DeLon as a backup point guard. I like Monte Morris as a backup point guard. <laughs> yeah, starting point guard is the problem. Starting point guard's a little here. bit of an issue. <laughs> Kristaps Porzingis is never healthy. Never, ever, 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 ever healthy. He was also never healthy as Bradley Beal, who always misses time. Here's another thing. Brad just got the bag. Look, he was coming up on extension in the bubble. Sat out. He was coming into free agency this year. He has surgery when they were still in range of a play-in spot and potentially a playoff spot. Brad gets the surgery and is out. And that's fine. Like, take care of your body. Take care of yourself. I got no argument with that. I don't look at Bradley Beal as like, I'm going to put this team on my back and go make the playoffs. I just don't look at him that way. He's their best player. I like Kuzma. I think Kuzma has become a really good player and a little, a little underrated, even though his hair fashion makes me always just very <laughs> concerned. Um, so, so we haven't said the number here. I'm going to make a prediction. I predict that your number for Washington is going to be at least four wins lower than my number. So what do you have Washington at? Um, I have bumped them back up because okay. I, when I first, I, I had them high and then I was like, you know what? No, I went low and now I'm, I'm coming back up. So the number I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you, I'm actually, I think you're right that there's going to be a perception they got better. So I think the number is going to be 39 and a half. Oh, Okay, well, I am very wrong. I had them at 35 and a half. And based on what you were saying, took them down a number to 34 and a half. So somewhere in that range, I certainly don't expect a 39 and a half here. But if if so, then I maybe my perception is just way off on the team. Do you like the under if it's 39 and a half? I would probably lean under, but stay away. I, I, I have it on mine. I have it as if it's 34 and a half, it is one of the best overplays on the board for me. Wow. 39 and a half is a long ways away, but I have them projected 34 to 42, basically as a try hard, get in the play in and you're not getting the play in with under 34 and a half wins, but they just don't, so have it, many, they don't have as many uh, veterans. They just like, they lost Dinwiddie and KCP. Like I liked the team last year. Cause I was like, it's oh, a bet. Is- I think. If you bet on an over on Washington, you are going to win or lose your bet by the end of the calendar year. Either they're going to start out playing well again. I like Wes Unsell Jr. a lot. I think that he's going to get this team to play some defense more than I expected they would last year, even though it really fell off. But to me, like you talked about, they trade away all the veterans. I think they trade away the veterans because the bottom fell out. I don't think the bottom fell out because they trade the veterans. It's a chicken and egg thing. 
I think if they come out and look competent and kind of stay in the mix of things, then they're going to, they like, why would you go out and bring in these other veterans like DeLon, like guys who are going to play? Why would you go get them if you're just don't want them there anyways? No, I think, I, they, I think they think that this is a good team. Yeah. Like I think they, they want to be a good team, but like DeLon, right? Is your, I like DeLon. I like DeLon, but when we start talking about like, who's your big offseason addition, DeLon, like, but from look, they won 35 games last year. And to that roster, you're right. They lost KCP. He's 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 solid. He'll be better for Denver than he was for Washington because of his role. They didn't really lose anything else, but they add a bunch more games of Beal, a bunch more games of Porzingis, even with the question marks on both of their health. They add a bunch more games from both the top two guys. They add Monty Morris, they add Will Barton, they add uh, uh Delon Wright. Like they just they add a bunch. They add another year of experience to the young guys who can really only get better still Kisper and Hachimura Hachimura didn't play much last year. Just there's a lot of reason that they should be better than what they were last year. And they won 35 in a terrible season. Okay. But here's a number for you. So they won 35, 18 of those wins came before January 1st. Yeah. (laughs) They were 17 and 30 after the new year. Yeah. It it fell, it fell out real hard. Once, once things went bad. Yeah, this would be another. This would be another. But one. again, it's it's a chicken and egg. Like, did were it? It's to me. I talked about that with Cleveland a little bit, where Cleveland was really good early, and then we never really totally believed collectively the public. And then when it went bad, we were like, "See, you see, I knew Cleveland wasn't good." I feel like there's a little bit of that with Washington, whereas like they were the one seed. They were the one seed like a month into the season, and we were like, "What? What is happening right now?" And then it went really bad. And we we're like, yeah, see, yep. Washington, terrible. I know the Wizards are bad. Look, the organization is bad. I don't want to bet. I don't want to have any futures on Washington's next five years. However, however I can fade that, give me all the unders on it. I just think that they can make a play in game this year. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll add this one in Orlando and we'll figure out, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put those one on the board. All right. That's our best. Look, again, I want to stress this. If you're like, that number is preposterous. That number is insane. Hit us up on Twitter and tell us why. I am open to being wrong on these because I'm not a bookmaker. And so, like, I'm open to the idea. I want to work through the process of trying to figure these out. We'll do the Western Conference. And we'll see you then. Until next time, let's get bucket. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.